this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Jill Hogard-Green, CEO of Queen's Health System in Hawaii. Dr. Hogard-Green, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you. The, the privilege is all mine to be here and, and to have time to talk with you today. Now, I know we have a lot to go through. You know, there's so much happening in healthcare and really things are accelerating quickly, a lot of change. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Uh, I'd be happy to. Um, it, it's a privilege to be here at Queen's Health System. I've been a nurse of 43 years, uh, and I've been in leadership positions with health systems starting in about 86, 1986. So for several decades, I've been had the privilege in a couple of different states. Um, one was in Utah with Intermountain Healthcare. Another was with the Sisters of St. Joseph's of Peace at Peace House in Oregon. Uh, the, before I came here to Hawaii, I spent a decade with Mission Health in North Carolina, and I, I came here to Queens in October of 2019, right before we had uh, the COVID in, uh, outbreak and impact from that. And everywhere I've gone, um, the, I've always gone to, to health systems that are very dedicated to improving the health and well-being of the people they serve. Uh, and they are generally looking at ways to improve their quality how they, the affordability of care, and how they assure that everyone in their community is getting the access that they need. So it's, it's been a wonderful uh, journey, and I'm continuing it here at Queen's. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And could you tell me a little bit more about Queen's as well? I, I can imagine it's a great service to the community and such an important health system uh, for everyone, you know, whether it's the community or, or tourists or anybody who's um, served through the system. Could you tell us about um, Queen's and, and then too, how it's changed over the last few years, especially through the pandemic? Oh, absolutely. So, the Queen story is a, a beautiful story, as, uh, similar for many health systems. Uh, Queen's health system was developed in 1859 by Queen Emma and King Kamehameha IV. Uh, they were the Ali'is or the royals at that time, and they were extraordinarily innovative, very intelligent, uh, and they were in their 20s. And what they were seeing was, as merchants came to Hawaii, the Native Hawaiian population was very strong and healthy, uh, and robust uh, and very innovative. But as merchants came, they brought diseases. So for about 40 years, they were seeing their whole population literally um, dying from infectious diseases. So it was Queen Emma, whose dad was a physician, who said, we have to have a hospital. And she went door to door to fundraise and built the first hospital here right across from the state capitol. Uh, and that's where Queen's Medical Center, which is the Quaternary Center, sits today. Uh, and it is the Quaternary Center for the state of Hawaii. But since that time, it's dramatically grown. Uh, we have hospitals on different parts of islands um, across Hawaii. 
and we have about 650 providers in our Queen's University Medical Group as we're an academic health system. Uh, and most importantly, we have a very important, I'll use the word kuleana, which is a responsibility. Uh, our responsibility, our mission has been always to improve the health and well-being of Native Hawaiians and all others on the island uh, and to be a lifetime partner to all others. So we have a unique um, responsibility to ensure that there's equitable access, that we're addressing disparities, uh, and that we are providing the highest quality care to help you be healthy as well as care for you when you're sick. So if you came today, uh, and any of our islands are beautiful islands to come to, uh, when you come to Hawaii, you will find in most places uh, either physician practices or a hospital that is queen, but there are also other wonderful health, um, health systems on, across our islands. Uh, and the majority, we all work together. We see this as an important um, responsibility to our community. So you'll find some of the best healthcare in the country, and you'll also feel when you come to Queens, the compassion. Our team, we have about 9,000 caregivers, and they live the mission of Queen Emma. She was innovative, she was intelligent, and she had tremendous compassion. Uh, and that still sits with us today as we heal in many different ways. Well, that's amazing to hear. And what an inspiring story of, of just really grassroots and community efforts to build a healthcare system uh, within the the place where they live on the island and then expand it and how much it's grown. And, you know, when you look at where we're at today, we're in such a unique place in healthcare. What does your strategy look like for growth and development over the next two years or so? What do you see as changing and what's top of mind for you? Laura, that's an excellent question. And actually, when I first came, so I came in October of 2019, so I was just getting to know people on the island and getting to know Queens uh, when COVID started. And as a state, we all leaned in. So I got to know the infrastructure, I got to know the people, and we were working hand in hand because we sit here in the middle of the ocean. Uh, if we can't go across the state border to get additional supplies or support, uh, so we all work together. Uh, and what I saw very rapidly is the innovation that's already here on the island and the intelligence. Um, our clinicians every day would wake up during COVID and we'd wake up usually about 4.30, start connecting with our colleagues across the country, would be reading our Becker's uh, publications, our briefings every day. Uh, and they develop protocols extraordinarily rapidly uh, and then we were sharing resources and sharing information. And because of that, uh, and because our governor and lieutenant governor, and our lieutenant governor is, uh, is now our governor, he's a physician, Dr. Josh Green, everyone leaned in and worked together. And what I saw then was the ability to create better access and address more issues than we had. Um, we pulled our board together in that summer, that first summer, and in that board discussion said, we're going to make it through this pandemic. We're going to figure out the ways to keep people safe. That's our most important priority. But we also need to outline where we want to be 10 years from now. Um, a lot of folks today say, well, you can only look one year or two years or three years in advance of healthcare is, tra is transforming. If you're 
going to transform and support a community, you need to take a much larger view of what you need to do and how you need to do it. So my board spent over 100 hours on Zoom calls and built two aspirational goals and six strategies, which we're implementing. And they are very robust um, as we're coming out of COVID. There's still a lot of headwinds. Um, clearly, there's overcrowding from people that didn't have access and now need a lot of access. Uh, there is significant issues in our community related to lack of affordable housing and houselessness that are we are partnering and addressing. So we have a lot of headwinds, but because of doing that planning when we did, we've got plans that we are moving forward and growing and developing, which is transforming who we are and creating care that I believe will be much more affordable and clinically integrated. Um, across our island. What a fantastic way to really take advantage of the different resources you had to come through a hard time during the pandemic, um, really something that was unprecedented, and, and then, you know, propel yourself into a future in a space where you're able to be more collaborative and, and provide better services overall. Could you tell us more about um, the most exciting and impactful initiative or project that you're working on right now? Absolutely, and there's there's several, so <laughs> I get really excited about this. So when we built those aspirational goals, the first aspirational goal was to improve the health and well-being of Native Hawaiians and to reduce the disparity in life expectancy. You could see there's health inequities. There had already been studies done uh, by our team that indicated that there was a nine-year gap in life expectancy and significant three times the rate of diabetes, three times the rates of strokes, uh, almost three times the rates of cardiac disease, all which, particularly diabetes, were the precursors to having um, a shorter life, uh, lifespan. So with that information, as we looked at what are most important we have a board committee that is, we call it, it is the Native Hawaiian Health and DEIJ committee. It's been there for over 20 years. It's a board committee. That plan, when I think about what gives me the most excitement, it's the way that's moving forward so rapidly. Uh, with the direction of Dr. Nalina Andrade, who's a psychiatrist, uh, one of the first women to go through um, medical school here on the island, uh, is a scholar and a researcher she, she, when I called her, she said yes to being the leader of this work and has really taken us on a journey, uh, and particularly on one island as we're, we started, with a lot of listening first. And so when I think about the things that I'm excited about, we were spending a tremendous amount of time of listening to um, Native Hawaiians and others across the island, and it, right now we're focusing on Hawaii Island, and they're telling us. When you listen carefully and you build trust with the people you're serving, they will tell you what they need and how they need the care to be delivered. And then you're able to transform so much more rapidly. So I'm finding that work to be some of the most innovative because they, they focus on a broad range of things that we need to be involved in um, and things like the land and how we're doing environmental sustainability uh, because on our island, we need to be very sustainable. We can see the impact of the environment, uh, the climate change issues. 
So listening carefully, it's not just what we deliver in a clinic or what we deliver in your home. It's how we work together to make sure that you have the social determinants of health, that you have healthy food, that you have healthy water, that you have access to education in ways that you need it. Those are things that are, when I get excited, it's those issues that transform. And therefore, our ability to take care of you when you are ill, our ability to help you stay well, um, really goes much faster than what we've seen in the past. So I'm very excited about the work that's going on in our Native Hawaiian Health Plan and our board committee, and we have full support. But there's other innovations as well. Uh, there's so much going on with innovation. We asked Jason Chang, I asked Jason, who's our executive vice president, to take on creating an institute, an innovation institute, because we have so many interventions we want to do, but we need to coordinate them in a way that's highly effective. He's putting together, as we speak, he's uh, significantly increasing our command center so that we have a much better understanding of the flow of patients and people through our Queen's University Medical Group, through our hospitals, uh, and it makes it so that we can be more effective and move faster. Uh, we have a, a lot going on in building what we call a clinically integrated regional network of care. Um, our Queen's University Medical Group grew 300% during COVID. We had many practices that said, we want to be with you uh, and we want to be a part of you. So we have a tremendous opportunity to create better care, bringing together the specialists and then, then ensuring that we have the digital footprint that we need so that much care can be provided digitally. Uh, during COVID, we went from providing 4,000 to 5,000 telehealth visits a month to 15,000 telehealth visits per month. So we know the power of digital care and how that helps making it affordable and accessible. So we're within the Institute, we'll be doing several innovations related to our digital footprint so that we can expand how we deliver care. Those are just a, um, a small summary of we're focused on ambulatory care. We're focused on ensuring that our group can work effectively across the islands. Uh, we have great residencies that we want to expand on some of our rural islands uh, and our Native Hawaiian plan. And to finish that up, the other pieces that we're putting together I'm very grateful that we have insurers on the island that actually understand that we must be partners to, if we want to fulfill our, our goals and we want to meet our missions, our respective missions. So I'm excited about some work that we're doing with one of our insurers that should help us see each other as partners in doing the work and having the appropriate resources for both partners. Uh, to be able to thrive as we go forward. That's great to hear and certainly inspiring and, and helpful to know you've created those types of relationships to really support healthcare within the community. And um, I love that virtual care and visits as well as the in-person um, and, and then creating the Innovation Institute too, I can imagine uh, really makes a big difference in being able to roll out and execute on some of these projects in a quick and nimble way. Absolutely. So I'm very excited about that work. Uh, and again, I, I feel like I have the very best uh, leadership team, best board ever. I know everyone would say that about their boards, but literally 
I have one of the very best boards that are so dedicated to their community. Uh, and my leadership team that I have the privilege of partnering with, uh, they are diverse. They are brilliant. We have a team. We have a team way of, of working together where you can put an issue or a thought, a new project on the table, uh, and the wisdom of the group will change it, but it will be better. So we we have a way of working together that actually stimulates innovation and stimulates more thought and development in ways that uh, take projects and and take initiatives to levels that. I haven't seen done in a lot of organizations. Fascinating. Got it. I, I think that's so crucial. And as you mentioned, that relationship is so special. Well, before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering, you know, as healthcare changes, what is the most important thing that executives should do now to make sure that their health systems and organizations are successful in the future? That's a, a very wonderful question and an important one. This is a this is a change, and I can say that because I've been in healthcare since um, actually I started out as a nurse aide in 1977. So I've been in healthcare a long time, and I've seen our transitions over the decades. This is one of the most transformative times. If we embrace it and we truly live our missions, and our missions are to make sure we're improving health and well-being, then the most important thing for healthcare executives is to first have humility, uh, and this is from me, to have humility, to listen, to assure that you're listening to the people you serve, both the people that are within your walls and your responsibility, as well as the people in your community. And if you do that and you build the right leadership teams, you will have the wisdom and the knowledge for your unique community and what you need to do. And you'll have the resources. So lots of folks have specifics. Uh, this is what you need to do to be a clinically integrated reach, uh, regional network of care. This is what you need to do to, uh, to walk through the financial headwinds that we all are experiencing. What I think is most important is actually to bring together the wisdom of the, your community with you and then listen to your, your peers and work together because with that, you're gonna find unique ways to improve and unique ways to walk through um, all of the crises. That's why in this community in Hawaii, we did have the lowest rate of individuals who died from COVID per 100,000 and the lowest rate who got COVID per 100,000. But that's because we brought ourselves together, listened to each other, and co-created what needed to happen at that moment. So I think this, um, I don't, I think that it's critically important that health systems work together, that we are focused on our missions. And I see amazing opportunities to deliver care so much more effectively than we did 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or when I started back in 1980. I love it. Dr. Hoger Green, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun conversation. I always enjoy connecting with you and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you and, and aloha. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, 
help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.